Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. I loved you before this ceremony, and I love you more because of it. You may kiss your bride. They were inseparable. Tex absolutely adored Diane, and Diane adored Tex. I feel like the prosecution has tried to make this out to be about someone who is successful and powerful trying to get away with something like murder. They don't know Tex and Diane personally, like I do. A woman died after she was shot inside a car on this block. I'm a reporter with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and we've been covering the Tex McIver case since day one. This was an enormously high-profile case. They were a big-time power couple. Here you have the vice chair of the state elections board, who's a prominent Atlanta lawyer. You have this strikingly beautiful, incredibly successful businesswoman. We're going to have plenty of beverages over here, so just everybody start walking, please. Tex owned a ranch out in Putnam County which is a pretty nice place for a vacation home. They woke up that morning. Tex made sausage biscuits and coffee and took them upstairs to Diane and Danny Joe, her longtime friend. They spend the afternoon playing golf, and they drive back to Atlanta. They're on their way back to their condo in Buckhead. They stop on the way at Longhorn to get something to eat. They have some wine at dinner. Danny Joe was driving because she didn't drink. My name is Bruce Harvey and I represent Tex McIver. Danny is driving. Diane is seated in the passenger seat. Tex is seated right behind his wife in the back passenger seat. They're gonna hit traffic that just stops them still. So they're thinking, we got to get off of the interstate. We got to find a better way to get to Buckhead. According to Tex, he had been asleep, but when they go down this ramp, he wakes up. And says, I think this is a bad idea, ladies. It's a dangerous area. Will you hand me my gun, honey? And she does. I'd say they drove another five to 10 minutes, and they are coming close to Piedmont Park. He fell back asleep. I think he fell into what he said was sort of a between being fully asleep and being fully awake. According to Tex, the car comes to a stop. He was jolted awake. I was handling the gun. Uh, and I realized it was in my lap. Right. And it went off. Okay. Can a 38 Special just accidentally go off? Never known it to happen. You have to pull the trigger. Jiminy, 
Ooh. The gun would be right here in his lap, according to what he said. So he was startled, he pulls the trigger, and the bullet goes just to the left of the middle here. If you're trying to kill someone, you know that's gonna be devastating to whoever's sitting there. Especially if you're trying to make it look like an accident. Yes, I yeah. would think so, yes. I think there are people who absolutely believe that he killed his wife for whatever reason, probably for money. People get killed over money all the time. That's the dumbest plan on the history of the planet. And anybody that thinks that that is the way that Tex McIver deliberately killed his wife is just living in a fantasy world. A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24 7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. That's simplysafe.com slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. On the night of September 25, 2016, Tex McIver shot and killed his wife, Diane. They'd been together for 16 years, married for 11 years. I remember the first time I ever met Diane. She just had such a commanding presence about her. According to close friend Ann Schwal, Diane was the love of Tex's life. She was beautiful, and there was such an energy and electricity about her. The year was 2000. 47-year-old Diane was recently divorced with no children and a thriving career as the executive vice president of a real estate and advertising company. In search of a fresh start, she moved into this luxurious condominium in Atlanta's swanking neighborhood, Buckhead. Everyone in the building was talking about her. Why? <laughs> she had a way about her. Linda and Rance Winkler say their new neighbor was hard to miss. She wore St. John and Chanel on the golf course. She wore hats just about every day. And she had a presence and a way of carrying herself. But, says Linda, no one paid more attention to Diane than another popular divorcee in the building, wealthy labor lawyer Tex McIver. Before he met Diane, did he have a, a love life that you knew of? Or a dating life? No. He was so consumed with his work. There were a lot of women who were very interested in him having a dating life, but he'd been through a very um, painful, difficult divorce. It wasn't until Diane came along that he was interested in having a romantic life. 
But Diane was less than interested in Tex. Tex did everything he could think of to try and get her attention. He would call me and he'd say, I've left notes on the windshield of her car. I've left notes under her door. I'm not getting anywhere. What and was her objection? I think she just um, was very busy. And I think she was coming out of a relationship that had been problematic, but they hit it off. Tex was a decade older than Diane, but they soon became inseparable, spending much of their free time at Tex's weekend home, fondly known as The Ranch, where the couple was known for throwing parties for Atlanta's rich and powerful, says friend and Putnam County Sheriff Howard Sills. They were big entertainers. They were always having somebody there for some kind of party or some kind of political thing like that. We have had the best yet party. Diane was always the life of the party. She was always the boss of the party, too. Tex was uh, usually very reserved, a consummate gentleman. If a lady walked in the room, he was up like a jack-in-the-box. After five years together, Diane agreed to become Mrs. Tex McIver. He cared about her, which was probably the very first time she had that experience in a lot of years. He didn't need that her. That somebody cared about her? For her. Just for her? Just for her, not for her money. He had as much as she. In fact, in terms of liquid assets, he was further along than she. So having both suffered through painful and expensive divorces, the couple decided to keep their finances separate. I don't know anyone, actually, who's combined their assets having married at the age that, that they married. And you have to remember that Tex had this terrible, painful... Expensive. ...divorce. And he was never going to put himself in a situation like that. Was there an issue of money between them? Not in the conventional sense, but when they started building this place, you can see this place, you see what it's like. Show place. Yeah. Yes. Linda is talking about this guest house on Texas property. Before the wedding, they say Diane insisted on building the massive party house that she named the saloon. Tex really didn't want all this. Diane wanted it. The scale of it. And he told her that if she wanted it, she would pay for it. And she said, fine. But money and who paid for what in that relationship would come back to haunt Tex, becoming a possible motive for murder. Is there any scenario where you can think that Tex would have shot Diane intentionally? Never, never once. Ann Schwal says she admired Diane and Tex so much that she asked them to be godparents to her youngest son, Austin. They just adored him, and they just poured so much love into him. Tex was all the family Diane had, and after his divorce, he was estranged from two of his children. Too old for children of their own, Ann says they focused all their attention on Austin. I just wanted so much to show him all the great things that he could do and how he could grow up and be such a responsible young man. Teaching him how to ride horses and how to fish and how to be a good steward of the land and of animals. And how did um, Austin feel about them? Oh, he adored them. The ranch was their special place. And every year, it's where Tex and Diane insisted on hosting extravagant birthday parties for Austin. Happy birthday, Austin! Happy birthday! I hope you have a great birthday. The birthday parties were legendary. A sign of how much they loved him. Tell me when you heard about what happened. So he called me. It was in the middle of the night. And as soon as I heard his voice, and he said, we lost Diane. And my immediate reaction was, how am I going to tell Austin? Anne says Austin never once blamed Tex for Diane's death. He actually was just really worried about, you know, how Tex was doing. He's never said I didn't shoot her. He's never said I didn't kill my wife. He is profoundly regretful. He talked to me a 
couple of weeks ago, and he said, I, I, it's like, I smell her, and I break down, I cry. It was all a tragic accident, according to Texas defenders. But here's the biggest problem. No one, including Tex, can explain how his gun went off and killed his wife. Even he doesn't to this remember. Day, he doesn't know exactly how it went off. We just asked him that day before yesterday. Yeah. He still cannot give an answer to exactly what happened. What do you remember after the gun was off? Peter Two days after Diane's death, Tex and his then lawyer met with Atlanta Police Department homicide detectives. I immediately called out. I said, Is everybody all right? And uh, Danny Joe said yes. As detectives set out to investigate the shooting of Diane McIver, they focused on their best witness. You ever taken any like safety classes or anything like that? No, I don't worry about it at all. And they focused on their best piece of evidence. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here we are in almost new SUV and two women in the front seat. Right. And I said, yeah, I'd like, if you don't mind, please hand me my gun. There is no doubt that Tex McIver pulled the trigger on the gun that killed his wife, Diane. The question is why? Was he asleep as he said he was, and he was jolted awake and pulled the trigger, or did he want to kill his wife? Reporter Bill Rankin hosts a podcast about the McIver case for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and is a 48 hours consultant on the case. Using a similar car, Rankin showed us how the bullet that killed Diane McIver traveled through the passenger seat of Texas SUV. It hits there. And it goes from right to left through the seat. And exits out here. Right, and goes down slightly downward path through his wife's body. The bullet went through Diane's left ribcage and diaphragm, severed a vein and artery in her spleen, and then hit several organs, including her left kidney and stomach. And she started breathing sunny, and she, you know, kind of passed down. That night, detectives were anxious to hear Danny Joe Carter, the car's driver, explain what Tex did after he shot his wife. All I could think of was he's not hospital, and I thought, I don't know how to, I don't know how to get there. And he said, no, Emory's closer. Tex decided to go to Emory University Hospital. There were four hospitals, all approximately less than five miles from where the shooting is believed to have taken place. Emory was the farthest, at about 4.3 miles. But one of the best trauma centers in all of Georgia Grady was only about 3.2 miles away. Anybody who lives in Atlanta knows about Grady Hospital and it's a level one trauma center. There were people who have said that he went to Emory Hospital because it was gonna take longer and maybe let her bleed out. 
Family friend Sheriff Howard Sills, who is not involved in the case, says no way and explains that Grady just was not on Texas radar. If you're rich and you're affluent, then you don't want to go to Grady Hospital because Grady Hospital is where indigent people go. The people in that car that night, they would have thought Emory. This dramatic surveillance footage shows the SUV arriving at Emory's emergency room and Tex helping Diane into a wheelchair. Then, before surgery, Diane made a critical statement to her doctors. Her husband did not mean to shoot her. She said it was an accident. Two hours later, Diane McIver died on the operating table at 12.49 a.m. Do you want to have the worst feeling in your life? Is to be sitting in one of those waiting rooms. Two surgeons and scrubs and a chaplain come around the corner and start walking toward you. Now, it was up to detectives to determine, was it truly an accident or was it cold-blooded murder? This Smith & Wesson 38 caliber revolver that killed Diane was in the car's center console, inside a plastic bag, when it was handed to Tex by Diane. We've had some break-ins in our office, and in response to that, I had wrapped my gun in a public grocery sack. The gun was still in the bag when it went off. The gun was still in the bag? Yeah. I mean, it, he was... might have had his finger on the trigger. The first rule of firing a gun is don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to pull when you have your target in sight. Law enforcement analyst and former cop Vincent Hill says a guy like Tex should have known better. Any shooter keeps their finger on the trigger guard until they're ready to pull the trigger. So to wake up out of this sleep, you're startled, your finger's automatically on the trigger, you pull this trigger, and you do one shot, a kill shot. In my mind, it's not likely. Lean into it, cock the weapon. And Hill is not alone in his opinion. That's why I asked former Georgia Bureau of Investigation agent Burt Davis to take me out to a gun range not far from Texas Ranch. I wanted to understand the gun. See how well you're doing? You know, the revolver can be fired two ways. The handgun, which only shoots one bullet at a time, can be fired in two very different ways, single action or double action. Either way, it does not look good for Tex, because experts say this gun only goes off if the trigger is pulled. In single action, the shooter pulls back the hammer, like this. With the gun already cocked in this position, it hardly takes any effort at all to pull the trigger. It only takes about two pounds of pressure to actually pull the trigger, which is why experienced gun owners say you only cock this gun if you know you are about to use it. No one that I know of would just would, sit with would your sit gun, there in single with a gun in single action. A double action is a different story. This gun is not loaded, but I want to show you what happens. In double action, you pull the trigger, and the gun automatically pulls the hammer back, rotates the cylinder, and fires. But it's not easy because it takes about 12 pounds of pressure to actually pull the trigger, making it much harder to fire it accidentally. It would be difficult. But not impossible. But not impossible. But somehow, that gun was fired. And to this day, Tex cannot answer this question. Was the gun in single action or double action? Good question. Do you have an answer? Do I have an answer? Why do I have to answer these? Why does Tex McIver have to answer anything? Texas lawyer Bruce Harvey is one of Atlanta's most successful and sought-after defense attorneys. What is your challenge with this gun? Well, I think you just put your finger on it, no pun intended. Clearly, a trigger was pulled, right? The question is, was that a voluntary, knowing and intentional action or an involuntary action based upon an accident. But Tex was clearly no stranger to guns. Out at the ranch, he had what many would consider an arsenal of weapons. After Diane's death, Tex asked his buddy, Sheriff Sills, 
to go out to his ranch and collect his guns for safekeeping. So you cleared out how many guns? As I recall, it was about 35 guns. Including rifles, handguns, and AR-15s. Would you describe him as a, as a gun guy? Yes and no. Here in the South, everybody's got a lot of guns. We're getting ready to put on a rodeo demonstration with real cows. But the idea that Tex McIver should have known better was about to become a central and recurring theme for the 75-year-old lawyer. It gets really crazy. I think we've called it a textbook example of what not to do after you kill your wife. Tex McIver recounts for police the moment the gun went off on Facebook at 48 hours. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few steps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Bruce Harvey was not Tex McIver's first attorney. How did you first hear about it? It was all over the media. It all started September 25th. Following new information in the shooting death of Diane McIver. Were you surprised? Yeah. I'm surprised to this day. Harvey, who knew Tex through mutual friends, says he watched the news coverage for almost a year while McIver made a mess of the case and his reputation. A complete ongoing disaster, mismanaged from day one, resulting in the reason that we're sitting here to start with. It started right after the shooting. Atlanta's media immediately began clamoring for an answer to why on earth Tex had been sitting right behind his wife in his S Four days after the shooting, Tex had an explanation in a statement made through a spokesman. He said that either carjackers or Black Lives Matter protesters. What do we want? That gave Tex an air of being rich, white, and oblivious, igniting a real-life bonfire of the vanities. Why would you equate Black Lives Matter protesters with carjackers. Why would you inject race into this? That put the story into a whole nother realm and it went national because of that. You have this very rich, very powerful white guy in a city that's predominantly black. I think that's why this case is so appealing to the public. As a resident of Atlanta and former patrol officer, Vincent Hill believes that race has played a role in this case, but only in the court of public opinion. It reminds me of 1994 and O.J. Simpson. Everything was black and white, and we're back in that environment now. You have one demographic that wants to see him go down, and you have one demographic that doesn't want to see anything happen to Tex. Tex's attorney at the time publicly denied that his client ever said he was afraid of black protesters. But the damage was done, and things were about to get even worse. TBS 46 has an exclusive look tonight at the diamonds, the furs, and the designer bags about to go on auction. This was pretty stunning. 
Just two months after shooting his wife, Tex started selling off Diane's extensive collection of valuable belongings. Her most expensive jewelry, fur coats and handbags, would go to the highest bidders at an auction. I understand it was advertised as her stuff right. to bring in more buyers. And it wasn't just one auction. It looked like a Nordstrom department store, if not better. The district attorney's office filed motions to block the sales, but a judge denied their requests. And as the executor of Diane's estate, Tex said he had no choice. And Why? According to Tex, he said that in her will, Diane had left a lot of money to some of her employees and some of her friends. So he needed that money to pay them. Now all that money went into the estate and not to him. But timing in this case was everything. Tex has come under fire for holding the two sales while still at the center of the hospital. Should it have gone forward at that time? Could it have waited? The answer clearly is yes. And it's something we just have to deal with. At least Tex still had Danny Joe Carter. Danny Joe was his best witness, the only other person in the car when the gun went off. The night of the shooting, Danny Joe told detectives in no uncertain terms she believed Diane's death was an accident. There is not a doubt in my mind that it was completely one of the trouble accidents. But on February 2nd, 2017, a little over four months after the shooting, Danny Joe changed her story. He's not been nice to me and tried to manipulate me. In a third interview with investigators conducted inside of Texas SUV, Danny Joe alleged that on the night of the shooting, Tex told her to lie. He tried to get me to lie, supposedly to protect me from getting all wrapped up in this. Danny Joe said Tex walked up to her and said, why don't you just tell police you weren't in the car? There's no question she was in the car. There's no question she was driving. There's videotape at Emory Hospital. Bruce Harvey concedes that it is possible Tex was just trying to protect his friend. Danny Joe, at that particular time, was being hounded by the media. And I think a lot of this effort was to try to allow her to avoid the media crunch not designed for her not to talk to the police or not to give a particular statement. But there was no media yet at the hospital. Well, there, w there was going to be. Are you saying that Tex may have told her to tell the cops she wasn't in the car so that people would stop hounding her? Yes. So Tex may have told her that? If he did. But there is no denying this. Days after the shooting, Tex orchestrated a meeting with his lawyers and two reporters, where Danny Joe was to make a legal and public statement that the shooting was an accident. When she was a no-show and stopped taking his calls, Tex left this frantic voicemail for her husband. Let me just be plain. Danny is about to send me to prison. Please erase this, this voicemail message, but call me right away. Y'all have no idea the problem this is causing. It's innocent, but it's absolutely nuclear for me. What does that mean? What does it mean? Yeah. I think it's almost self-explanatory. But it doesn't sound good when he says, please erase this voicemail message, but call me right away. So what, and what when, does he mean by that? When we examine, what, well, we don't have to explain what he, he means. They have to explain why it is a crime for him to do that or how it relates. Bruce Harvey was still watching from the sidelines when, on December 20th, 2016, Tex got some good news. The Atlanta Police Department concluded the shooting was not an intentional act. Based on their findings, the Fulton County District Attorney charged Tex with involuntary manslaughter and reckless conduct. After spending his birthday behind bars, Tex McIver bonds out of jail just before Christmas weekend. But with the case now in the hands of the district attorney's office, they decided to launch their own investigation into the shooting. There was a bond hearing where the lead prosecutor, Clint Rucker, strongly hinted that they didn't believe it was accidental. That made everyone think, whoa, okay, 
This is getting even more serious now. Retracing the night of Diane McIver's death online at 48hours.com. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. A little over a week after Tex McIver was charged with involuntary manslaughter, there was more breaking news in this case. Startling new information in the shooting death of Diane McIver. Our Atlanta affiliate, CBS 46, uncovered evidence that at the time of Diane's death, Tex owed his wife $350,000. He was supposed to pay her back with interest by December of 2014. That never happened. Tex said that the money was Diane's contribution to the construction of that saloon on his ranch, and that for tax purposes, Diane wanted it to look like a loan. There was $350,000, but it wasn't ever actually going to be paid back by him. The $350,000 was a function of nothing more than taxes. But on paper, it does look like a loan, and one that Tex was expected to pay back. That could be argued that he didn't want to have to pay that off. Meanwhile, the Fulton County DA's office was looking for a possible motive for murder. When they heard that Diane may have had a second will, subpoenas were obtained to search the couple's financial records. And that's when this happened. During a search of their condo, Tex was found to be violating the terms of his bond with, of all things, possession of a gun. They found a gun in his sock drawer that he probably went to all the time when he was getting dressed, and they found it. The condo had already been searched for and cleared of any weapons, so the Glock pistol, which he claimed had once belonged to Diane, must have been planted. The judge didn't buy it. Mr. MacGyver possessed the gun. I am going After four months out on bond, Tex was back behind bars, when the very next day there was yet another stunning announcement by the DA's office. A grand jury that had been hearing testimony for weeks the murder of his wife. It was surprising that it leapt so far from cruel Tex would spend the next eight months in jail, seeing loved ones only through video screen visitations. Hello, Austin. Mommy, how are y'all? And desperately trying to get out on bond again. Well, I love y'all, and I hope to see everybody on Wednesday if things work out. I love you, Austin. Then Bruce Harvey took over the case. I don't believe, I don't believe in my heart of hearts, I don't believe as we're sitting here, that Tex McIver had any deliberate intent to do any harm to his wife. We're going home. Harvey got Tex released and put on house arrest. Then he set about preparing for trial on a case where there had been one public blunder after another. Are you concerned about being able to seat an impartial jury? Yes, I am. I think... Tex has been unfairly vilified in the court of public opinion. Jury selection in the trial of Tex McIver began on March 5th, 
and took a whole week. Well, today, jury selection got underway in a Fulton County courtroom. And a pool of more than 140 potential jurors. Good morning, everyone. When the trial began, Chief Senior Assistant District Attorney Salida Griffin delivered the state's opening argument. The day that the defendant shot his wife in the back, his life was spinning out of control. And what became fairly clear is that the prosecution believes Tex McIver's motive for murder was money. The easiest way for him to gain control was to kill Diane. Is money a motive here? No. Very simple answer. He is much worse off without her. I think that is a huge red herring. You know why? Because they've got nothing else. Now, this is a case about maintaining an image of wealth and power that the defendant created for himself and the lengths that he went through to keep it. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All rise for the jury. Testimony in the murder trial of Tex McIver began on March 13th and lasted 20 days. By closing arguments, the jury had heard two very different theories of why Tex McIver shot his wife. I'm going to talk to you about the facts and how what you have heard during this trial proves that this defendant is guilty. Prosecutor Clint Rucker and his team painted an ugly picture of a man who they say was broke and so desperate for money that he murdered his wife. He was taking her money and he was regaining control. Evidence showed that McIver's salary at his law firm had been cut by more than half, while the state says he was living way beyond his means. And remember, the McIvers kept their finances separate. Remember this email? This is a couple of months before the murder. This is what the defendant says to his wife. I am seriously trying to reduce my monthly expenses. Why? Because his monthly expenses at the ranch alone were twenty dollars to $25,000 a month. What does he say? I plan on hitting the lotto sometime this week. Diane joked that Tex might want to think about becoming their new ranch hand. Read his job description. <laughs> because that is your next life chapter. This is what he said in response. Oh, well, back to jiggle The state believes that Tex was using Diane for her money, but what drove him to murder is this. Before they were married, Tex borrowed $750,000 from Diane. As payment, the state says he deeded her half of his ranch. What that meant was, that now the property was no longer owned solely by the defendant. In 2011, Diane loaned Tex another $350,000. But this time, she made Tex sign a promissory note that gave her the right to foreclose on the ranch if Tex didn't pay up. So when the loan didn't get paid, she said, I'm gonna put another clause in here that says, you know what, <laughs> it's not that I don't have to uh, wait until you don't pay me. I can foreclose at any time. And as we sit here today, the loan is in default. By killing Diane, the defendant will regain sole ownership of the ranch. The jury heard Danny Joe's claim that Tex asked her to lie. They also heard about the Black Lives Matter statement and the auction. 
but there was more. They heard what happened to Diane's ashes after she was cremated. Took him 42 days, pick up his wife's remains. That's why I found him, tucked back in a closet, in a cardboard box. It's just not right. But the defense team told a very different story, a love story. They were in love. Nobody ever saw them arguing. Nobody ever heard her say, I'm going to foreclose if you don't pay me my money. This is the big one. Bruce Harvey and the defense team tried to show that Tex did not need Diane's money. Tex was not broke, nor was he in dire financial straits. The state's calculation put Tex's net worth at $1.7 million before Diane died. But what the defense tried hardest to hammer home was that the shooting was nothing but an accident. And remember, that's what Diane said before she died. The three people that were in the vehicle all said it was an accident. And as for the gun? Remember the expert? With the firearm. Harvey used the state's own gun expert to show that anyone can fire the gun accidentally. Remember him demonstrating um, the weapon and pulling the trigger when he testified right here. You know, that's the trigger. Oops. He's demonstrating it for you on the witness stand. He accidentally pulls the trigger. He says, oops. The shooting could not have been premeditated, says the defense, because it was Diane who told Danny Joe to take that exit when they hit traffic. And after Tex was handed his gun, he fell back asleep. The defense also presented an expert who said Tex suffered from a long documented sleep disorder, which might explain why he unintentionally pulled the trigger and can't remember how. Oftentimes when people arouse from these, they don't arouse quickly. They frequently have amnesia for this. As the case was about to go to the jury, the defense suggested that the state had not proven its case beyond a reasonable doubt. We do not convict people in fogs of speculation, but on the bedrock of fact. Diane tried to stand up for herself. And on behalf of the state, Clint Rucker pleaded with the jury to punish Diane McIver's killer. Who will stand for Diane McIver? A great woman she tried to be. Will you stand for Diane MacGyver? As she cries out, who will stand for me? The jury deliberated for about 29 hours. At one point, each sat in the back passenger seat of MacIver's SUV, holding the gun that killed Diane. Some of the jurors were actually clicking the trigger, so I think it could have made a huge difference in the outcome of this trial. On their fourth full day of deliberations, the jury sent a note to the judge saying they were deadlocked. We don't see a path to overcome our differences. But the judge told them to try again. Then, just two hours later, they reached a verdict. Was it malice murder, meaning Tex intended to kill Diane? Felony murder, Tex shot Diane with the intention of causing her bodily harm, but had not intended to kill her. Felony involuntary manslaughter, he acted recklessly or not guilty. On count one, murder, we find the defendant not guilty. Well, when the jury came back and the foreman read not guilty, on malice murder, I was like, oh my goodness. But then they said this. We find the defendant guilty of felony murder. Guilty of felony murder. Tex was clearly stunned. The jury felt that he shot Diane without malice aforethought, but intending to do bodily harm. It might have been a compromise for the jury. It's no compromise for Tex McIver because uh, malice murder and felony murder both carry a life sentence. 
a mandatory life sentence. It's a, a complete tragedy. I mean, that closes the circle. Everybody loses. Tex handed over his belt and was handcuffed. Fulton County DA Paul Howard brought it back to the victim, Diane. We would like to say to Diane, we hope that you are watching and we hope that you felt that we stood for you and we stood for the things that you represented. But many disagree. She didn't need justice when it's a terrible accident. She's in heaven right now, just heartbroken. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Take true crime with you on your shirt, mug, or hat with official 48 Hours merchandise at paramountshop.com. You can take 20% off with code HOURS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 48 Hours products with code HOURS20 at paramountshop.com.